Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's episode number 25. How are you today? Oh my God, it's 25, like my age. What a coincidence. I am absolutely fantastic. And how is yourself? Oh no, Annie, 25, not 37. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good, yeah, I'm not too bad. You just outed me in front of everyone. I don't care, I'm proud of my age, but I would just like to say that I think that we should all get, like, a birthday back for last year. Like, last year was shit. Like, we nobody got to do what they wanted for their birthday. So, just for this year, I'm staying the same age. And you can too. Is this some sort of an attempt to get us to do like a pass around in the office and get you a birthday present? Um, no, I've tried every way possible, including mm. emotional blackmail, actual mm. lawsuits and writing mm. to your parents. And I still haven't received a birthday present from you. So I just that's OK. I don't I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need anything. Get on to on post our postal service here in Ireland. They'll sort it out. Must be lost. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? I can't. I can't. Uh, I don't know. Oh, it's going to be a long episode. You better get on with it. We have three new Patreon subscribers this week. Hi, you guys. So we would like to say thank you to... I would like to personally say thank you to Birgit and Kerry, who are two little new fans that we got. And they joined us this week. And I'm just absolutely fucking delighted to have you. And also thank you to Ashley who signed up to our Patreon as well this week. Thanks so much guys for supporting us. And uh, if you would like to get more episodes you can do uh, patreon.com forward slash mysteries of the unexplained where you'll get a whole host of episodes that um, we have put in over the two years that we've been doing this <laughs> we had like a lost year of our life there where we did our first podcast have you ever spent mm. a year of your life doing something and then been like nah we're gonna have to change everything we're gonna have to do it again <laughs> and then only to find yourself doing the exact same thing so if anyone's one if anyone's wondering the episodes that are on our patreon are of the similar topic uh paranormal mystery creepy stuff and uh, so go yeah. check it out 
But we are here for a new story today. And Annie, are you ready for a crazy new story? Um, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter whether I am or I'm not. We're here. You rang me. Let's go. Every now and then a story comes along that is the essence of bizarre. A story that doesn't seem to have rhyme nor reason. Ultimately, you find yourself questioning if it even took place at all, or was it a dreamt up concoction of someone's wild imagination? This is the story of the mad gasser of Mattoon. In the autumn. Excuse me! Would you go to a play or a concert and talk up like that in the audience? You would not! I am an artist. I am an artist on the West End telling a story and I have some riffraff in my t-shirt today. Being like, out, get her out, get her out. Now, I only got you out at Asylum this week. I remember last week we sent you off just one more time to see how you're going. And to be honest with you, the report I'll be sending back will be scathing. Oh, no, they'll put me back in the room again, please. I'll be Mm. quiet, I'll be quiet, I'll be quiet. In the autumn of 1944, the town of Mattoon, Illinois, was paralysed in fear by rumours of a sinister figure that was said to peer into windows at night. An unhinged character that would then release a toxic fine mist that had the power to render the occupants lifeless and in some cases violently ill. Newspapers erupted with terrifying headlines. The police drafted in support and the public were issued to stay indoors at night. It all began on the night of the 31st of August 1944 at a house on Grant Avenue, the home of Urban Rayev. After falling asleep in bed with his wife, Mr. Rayev reported that he woke in the early hours of the morning to a smell of a strange odour. <laughs> Suddenly... Oh, Jesus, we have a giddy goat in today. I'm so sorry. I just imagined the wife like, burp. <laughs> Maybe your wife is just flashing. Okay, sorry. Morning to the smell of a strange odour. Suddenly he suffered extreme nausea and felt a draining weakness overcome his body. His wife awoke to find Mr. Rayef suffering from a fit of vomiting. Thinking that the house may have a gas leak, she told herself to check the kitchen stove to see if there was a problem with the pilot light. But as she clambered out of bed, she found she was partially paralysed and unable to walk. After approximately 30 minutes, the couple regained the use of their limbs and Mr. Rayef's nausea subsided. Later that night, a similar incident was reported by a young mother living close by. She was awakened by the sound of her daughter coughing, but found herself unable to leave her bed. The next day, September 1st, at approximately 11pm, a sickening sweet odour in the bedroom roused another young mother, Mrs. Bert Kearney, from sleep. As the odour quickly grew stronger, she began to feel a paralysis of her legs and lower body, she reported. An hour and a half later, her husband, who was coming home from work, observed a strange man standing at the bedroom window. Mr. Kearney described him as a tall man dressed in dark clothing, wearing a tight-fitting cap. This description was reported in the local media and became the common description of the gasser throughout the Mattoon incident. After the attack, 
Mrs. Kearney reported suffering from a burning, dry sensation on her lips and in her throat, which were attributed to the effects of the gas. Initially, it was suspected that robbery was the primary motive for the attack. At the time of the incidents, the Kearneys had a large sum of money in the house and it was surmised that the prowler could have seen Mrs. Kearney and her sister counting it earlier that evening. Local papers incorrectly reported this incident as being the first gasser attack. What do you think so far, Annie? I think... I think that you were going around farting in people's aircon. (laughs) (laughs) There was a tall man. There was a tall man, dark dark clothing, which you always wear, always looking like the Grim Reaper. Tight cap on to cover up that head of wayward curls that you have. And you were opening cracks in the window and into the window on your holiday over in Illinois mm, well it's it's uh, funny you say that now um, we'll see at the end of the story actually who the real character was and <laughs> I think we all might be surprised is all I'm going to say I'm very intrigued by this story Will very creepy story I shall continue The days following the Kearney's attack, more than a dozen people reported themselves as being a victim of the mad gasser of Mattoon. Though none of the purported victims were able to provide a clear description of the prowler and no clues were found at the scene of the attacks. The first specimen of physical evidence was found on the night of September 5th when Carl and Beulah Cordes of North 21st Street returned home at around 10pm. After spending a few minutes in the house, they noticed a white piece of cloth, slightly larger than a man's handkerchief, sitting on their porch next to their screen door. Beulah Cortez picked up the cloth and smelled it. As soon as she inhaled, she became violently ill. She described the effect as being similar to an electric shock. Her face quickly began to swell. She experienced a burning sensation in her mouth and throat and began to vomit. As with other victims, she also reported feeling weak and experiencing partial paralysis of her legs. Beulah Cordes later hypothesized that the cloth had been left on the porch in order to knock out the family dog, which usually slept there, so that the prowler could gain access to the house unnoticed. Now, I just want to say, right, if I found a tissue or a piece of cloth on the ground, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick it up and smell it. Like, I think that, I think that Beulah, like, had a runny nose and she found the cloth and they picked it up and, and then, like, you know, used it to blow her nose. And then she's like, oh, no, I, I just picked it up and I smelt it. That was her cover story, which was very poor. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why would you pick up like like what's intrinsically like a snot rag mm. off the ground and put it near your own face? Like there could be fucking well, as she found out, there was something, anything on it. The fucking and it wasn't like just like shit. I think we can all agree that Beulah has pure poor uh, that Beulah has poor hygiene standards. <laughs> And that's putting it nicely. What I'd like to say is that she's a dirty (laughs) 
I mean, I can't. Like, if I was up in court defending her, if I was her defence attorney, like, I'd have nothing. I'd be like, I have to give you that one. In addition to the clot, a skeleton key described as looking well used was reportedly found on the sidewalk adjacent to the porch, along with a large, almost empty tube of lipstick. The cloth was analysed by the authorities, but interestingly, they found no chemicals on it that could explain Beulah Cortez's reaction. The same night, a second incident was reported, this time on North 13th Street at the home of Mrs. Leonard Burrell. She reported seeing a stranger break in through her bedroom window and then attempt to gas her. Public concern over the alleged gassings quickly rose. The FBI even became involved and the local police issued a statement that read To all citizens of Mattoon, asking the cooperation of the public in the mad anaesthetic case, Commissioner Thomas V. Wright and Chief of Police C.K. Cole today issued the following statement. We want the public to know that everything possible is being done in this case and we are grateful for the confidence of a majority of the citizens. However, we have had a few points on which we hope to get 100% cooperation beginning tonight. They are, number one, stay off the streets in residential districts unless your business requires you to do so. There is no danger in the business districts. Number two, Roving bands of men and boys should disband. They are in grave danger of being shot by some frightened property owner. Number three, put away the guns now in the hands of individuals because some innocent person may get killed. The only time one should shoot is upon seeing a man peering into a window of one's home. Then extreme care should be used. And finally, number four, Do not follow the police car when it is speeding in answer to a call. Persons who persist in doing this will be arrested. During this period, there was also an increase in physical evidence of attacks being reported, ranging from footprints allegedly being discovered underneath windows to tears being found in window screens. Oh, Annie, 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 Annie. Oh my God. Shit is getting real. Plus, um, who in sh- who in Illinois follows police cars when they're like chasing after someone? Is that a thing? You're like, oh, this will be exciting. I'll just speed after this this cop car. Must have been a thing. And also, geez, don't go to the don't go to a window asking for directions because you're gonna get your head I know. blown off. They were like, just be careful. Do it carefully, but blow the fucking head off him if somebody looks in the window. <laughs> like, what if it was the old lady from next door looking for a cup of fucking sugar? <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Margaret. I'm just looking for some sugar. <laughs> okay, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll come back later. Not a good time. <laughs> By September 12th, local police had received so many false alarms, mostly from citizens believing they smelled gas or that they had seen a prowler, that they reduced the priority afforded to gasser reports and announced that the entire incident was likely the result of explainable occurrences exacerbated by public fears and a sign of anxiety felt by women while local men were on war service. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, it's hysterical women. It's always fucking hysterical women. After the police announcement, Gasser reports declined. The only incident of arguable note was after that date was the case of Berta Birch. Berta claimed she saw the gasser, who was a woman dressed as a man. <gasps> Little bitch. It was a drag gasser. What? It was a drag gasser. <laughs> it was actually what you would call as a degrasser. Oh, y'all want a twist? (laughs) On the evening of the 13th, a witness saw a woman dressed in man's clothing spraying gas through a window into Berta Birch's bedroom. The next morning, Mrs. Birch and her adult son found footprints of high-heeled shoes under the window. For reasons that will be apparent shortly, this may be the single most interesting case to come out of Mattoon. Now, I do think it's very interesting that after the police made the announcement that, you know, this is just, these are all crazy. You're not going to report that you've seen the mad gasser, are you? Because you're going to be like, people are going to think you're crazy. Yeah, and just because people have been kind of warned not to do it, it doesn't mean that it wasn't happening. Like, I... I don't know, like, I think there's something more in it than than just, like, people were saying they were physically paralysed with it and stuff. Mm. Like, and I do remember vaguely reading about this case before and kind of me thinking that it was probably a case of mass hysteria. But now that, like, I'm listening to it again, like, I didn't know that story about your one picking up the thing and then being so violently sick after smelling mm-hmm. street rubbish, basically. But, like, I think it would be so easy for somebody to come and spray something noxious into your house. Like, that's so fucking, like, you know, it's 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 not beyond the possibilities. No, it's not beyond the possibilities. Um, they did kind of, people kind of theorized that there was three main explanations for this, right? Right. So the first one is mass hysteria. So... Almost two weeks after the Mattoon attacks began, the local commissioner of public health, Thomas V. Wright, announced that there had been undoubtedly a large number of gassing incidences, but that many instances were likely due to hysteria, residents hearing of alarming events and then panicking when confronted by an out-of-place odour or shadow at the window, Wright stated. There is no doubt that a gas maniac exists and has made a number of attacks, but many of the reported attacks are nothing more than hysteria. Fear of the gas man is entirely out of proportion to the menace of the relatively harmless gas he is spraying. The whole town is sick with hysteria. On September 12th, local chief of police C.E. Coyle took Wright's hypothesis a step further, announcing that there was likely been no gas attacks at all and that the incidents reported had probably been triggered by chemicals carried on the wind from nearby industrial facilities and then exacerbated by public panic. Which is quite interesting. Now, the second one was toxic waste or pollution. And on the 12th of December, 
um, as I just said there with Chief of Police Coyle. So he kind of said that he thought that it could be quantities of trichloroethylene, an industrial solvent used by Atlas Imperial. And that was a company that was in the town. Okay, so they thought mm, it could have been that. Okay. Um, which okay, could be possible. Yeah, which yeah. could be responsible for sickness in the town reasoning that it would have taken significant quantities of the chemical to sicken the townspeople and that the factory workers would have experienced similar symptoms long before anybody outside of the factory was affected. At the time of the Mm. gassing, the Atlas plant had been certified safe by the Department of Health. And then the third theory is that it was an actual assailant. After analysing events, some researchers have concluded that at least some of the gasser incidences were the work of an actual attacker who carried out a series of gassings as reported by witnesses. And there is a fourth very... Well, I suppose we should be really making this our main thing, being a Mysteries of the Unexplained podcast. But some people um, depict him as being not quite human and possibly an extraterrestrial being. But there again... That's just kind of made up. There's no actual evidence for that or no UFO sightings or anything like that. What is interesting is that he never killed anybody or nobody died from this and they didn't, he or she, and they never um, actually robbed anything apparently. Nothing was seen to be robbed. Some people yeah. said some people said that they saw um, a blue vapour and heard a motorised buzzing sound believed to be from gassing machinery drift in from their window. Um, other people said that they just seen him outside, um, but it did kind of go from the bulk of the 31st of August and finally on the 13th of September. Now, Annie, you may think that that's the end of it. And... Yeah. I'm going to remember we left you there with the uh, women's a woman's high heel shoe. I can't get it out of my head, like because I'm thinking now that it's like an extraterrestrial cross-dressing lady man. Well, listen to this. There was a similar gassing incident that happened a few years prior. In 1945, writing in the Journal of Abnormal and Social Psychology, Donald M. Johnston reviewed the Mattoon scare and concluded that the local newspaper's lured coverage was responsible for it from the beginning to end. Johnston's paper proved influential in future assessments of mass panic. Unknown to Johnston and most other commentators at the Mattoon episode then and now, a strikingly similar series of events took place in Botetourt County, Virginia in December 1933 and January 1934, except for a brief item in January 22nd, 1934, edition of the New York Times, the scare got only local Virginia coverage. It is highly unlikely that Mattoon's residents were even aware of it. The first recorded attack occurred at a farm near Haymaker Town late on the evening of December 22nd, when three separate infusions of gas into the house sickened eight members of a family and a visitor. Some of the victims thought that they saw a man fleeing in the darkness. The gas caused nausea, headaches, facial swelling, 
and constriction of the mouth and throat muscles. One victim, a 19-year-old woman, suffered convulsions for weeks afterwards. A police officer who arrived between the second and third attacks, after staying an hour, he left, and soon afterwards, gas wafted through both floors of the house, found only one clue, the footprint of a woman's heel under the window the gas was believed to have passed through. Over the next two weeks, other persons reported similar nocturnal attacks. In one case, witnesses saw a 1933 Chevrolet with a man and a woman inside, passing back and forth in front of the house at around the time of the occupants experiencing the mysterious gas attack. In another instance, a young mother attending to her baby said she heard a rattling window shake and mumbling voices outside. Suddenly the room filled with gas and her body felt numb. While on his way to summon police after a gassing at the farm, F.B. Duval saw a man run towards a car parked on a rural road and drive away quickly. Duval and an officer examined the site soon afterwards and found prints of a woman's shoe. Amid growing panic, residents of the county armed themselves and prowled back roads in search of suspicious strangers. On one occasion, a searcher fired on a fleeing figure. On another, moments after a gas attack, one of the victims dashed outside in time to glimpse four men running in the direction of the nearby Blue Ridge Mountains. By the time the witness returned with a gun, he could no longer see them, but he could hear their voices. Despite scepticism in some quarters concerning the gasser's existence, physicians who called on the victims were certain he was, or they were, or she was, real. County Sheriff C.E. Williamston was likewise convinced. One of the last gassings was reported near Lithia, near Roanoke County. Afterwards, the victim found discoloured snow with a sweet-smelling oily substance in it. When analysed, it turned out to consist of sulphur, arsenic and mineral oil, something like the components authorities taught of insecticides. A trail of footprints led from the house to the barn, but none of them away from the barn, and they were, according to press accounts, a woman's tracks. Michael T. Shoemaker, who investigated the episode in the 1980s, noted it had many similarities to the later scare of Mattoon. In both Mattoon and Botetot, he wrote, the principal physical effects were the same. A sickening sweet odour, nausea, paralysis, facial swelling and unconsciousness. These effects were confirmed by doctors and moreover, in both cases, doctors smelled the gas. Both gassers made repeat attacks on one family, multiple attacks on one night and assaults on unoccupied houses. The pattern of explanation was also similar, progressing from pranksters to lunatics to hysteria. Tantalising but useless clues were found, including Shoemaker's emphasis, a woman's print beneath a window. What are you thinking, Annie? I think that it was absolutely the same people and they went quiet for a few years and then they popped back up in Illinois and it was a fucking... It was a fucking woman or a man in woman's shoes that got a kick out of doing it. And it was so true. And I 100% believe the victims. I stand with the Mattoon gassing victims. 
Decades later, the true cases of these strange occurrences remain no more than conjecture. Even in their time, they made little sense, which is hardly evidence in itself that they were not genuinely anomalous. Hysteria is a classic blame the victim strategy. It is, however, more than that. Gas attacks in some ways reminiscent of those at Mattoon and Botetot still are reported from time to time, typically in one building such as a school, a factory or a theatre. For example, in March 1972, workers in a Midwestern data processing centre complained of a mysterious cause that made them sick. Air, blood and urine samples failed to detect anything out of the ordinary. Moreover, a worker who did not speak English and was therefore socially isolated from the others did not smell the gas, even when the others did. The scientists who investigated the attacks eventually told the workers a phony story, that an atmospheric inversion was responsible, and after the attacks ceased. A later study of sociologists indicated that those workers most alienated from their jobs were more susceptible. Still, just enough aspects of Mattoon and Botetot incidents resist the mass hysteria explanation and leave open the question of what really happened there. Very interesting. Is it a case Very that we have some sort of paranormal alien doing this? Is it just you, Annie Gan, with your little tum-tum <laughs> farting in people's windows? I think I shall rest my case. <laughs> I just want to say, I don't know why people are making it so complicated and saying that's aliens. It's some fu- it's some fucking couple that get a kick out of it. But it does really, um, it does really shock me that they think that like high heels are a good getaway shoe. Everybody knows you have to have a pair of pumps in your purse and you put them on <laughs> and you go running when the, gar- when the guards are after you. I know, I know it couldn't experience. be you because it couldn't be you because you're no, well, usually no. dressed downy I, like you wouldn't wear high heels on you unless it was like for some massive event <laughs> so if they found like I'm a, just saying Will if they found like the imprint of a penny's slip on shoe I'd be like Annie Gan <laughs> Penny's is like Walmart here in Ireland kind of isn't it Would and be, if yeah. they found the impr- imprint of like a sensible Clark's eco shoe for your fucking back because you have fucking <laughs> arthritic problems it would be yours a kind of a I'm single forever kind of a shoe how dare you bring up my fucking <laughs> shoe how dare you orthopedic my back shoes problems. how dare you oh, orthopedic shoes I would just like to say that like I think it's really funny that people are like but nothing was stolen they weren't there to steal things. They were there to knock you out and rub them, rumble on out outside the window. Oh my God. Oh, do you think it was a fiddly-foo kind of person? Yeah, I, I think it was definitely a fiddly-foo. I think there was definitely a sexual element to mm. it. Like the high heel and the the high heel being worn. I mean, you wouldn't, I think that maybe it was like somebody who liked to dress up or maybe cross-dress or something like that. Or like there was a couple with a mad fetish or there was definitely some kind of sexual thing involved. Like they weren't trying to kill people it doesn't look like or else they were really bad at it um they weren't trying to rob people it's like there's some weird kind of sex gang club thing going on mm, okay 
That's quite interesting. What do you think? Do you believe it? Because I just think that whenever anything happens like this and the cops can't sort it out, they're like, it's hysteria. But like people were getting really sick with it. And people could like your sense of smell is just such a powerful sense. Like I think that if you smell something, you're usually right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you are usually right. Whenever you smell a strange smell, like, it's from something. Like, I don't... Yeah. Like, it's not just made uppy. Now, having no, said so. that yesterday... Um, yeah. <laughs> this is so <laughs> What did you... Now, having what said that yesterday, do? I have my own separate kitchen in the granny flat here, you see. Basically, living in the apartment <laughs> in the house, right? And I have my own dishwasher and everything. But my sister was here and she happened to use one of my bowls and then it got into the other my mom and dad's dishwasher and then my mom said oh here here's the bowl and then I picked it up and I got a smell off it and I was just like oh there's a smell off it I was just like smell off like the water and stuff and she was like I can't Hmm. smell anything and then I asked my dad and he said I can't smell anything but I could smell it does that make me a victim of the mad gasser Absolutely, you are. I stand with William, a victim of the Mattoon gasser. Um, do, did you smell like, because sometimes I really smell washing powder off bowls and cups and things and I have to rinse them back out. Was it a smell of washing powder or was it a smell of like dirty water? It was a smell I, of I, just I, kind of something. But what I do you make you of this? this? I t- I tell you this and I tell you no more though there is a smell of water and there's a different taste of different kind of waters yeah. and I want people well, to... Mm. I want people to confirm this theory because sometimes I have tap water and I'm like, that's disgusting. I like uh, you can smell fluoride from water. You can smell sewage from water sometimes like just minimal, like tiny little. And you can just like some water tastes better than others. And loads of people think the water tastes the same. It doesn't. Anyway, continue. That concludes our story. But I want you to knuckle down here now, right? Because it is coming up as ask any anything. I have a lot of questions for you. So you can't be diddering on the answer. You're going to have to get through it quickly or we'll be here for 20 hours. Okay, can I just, for one second, can I just say something? Yeah. Ask me anything. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. <laughs> oh, that's what you wanted to say. Welcome to yeah. the segment that is Ask Any Anything. I put the call out earlier today and you guys got back to me very quickly in your droves. So, Annie, I am just going to get straight into it. Here we go. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so nervous. Yes, yes. Philip Norris asks If you could change one thing about yourself, what would you choose? Um, years of procrastination. Next question. Ashley May asks, what would you have named yourself if your name wasn't Annie? Um, I, not Anne-Marie, I can tell you that much. I'd like to be called after like a mythical Celtic goddess. Um, oh. Something like Isolt. I think that that's a really nice oh. name. Um, and if I ever have a child, you better not steal it off me. Okay, thank you, Ashley May. Love you. Okay, next Jamie Talbot Siegel writes in and wants to know what is your go-to dance move because we had my Victoria Beckham one last week. Oh my god, this is so gassed. Will, do you remember this that you used to get me to do it all the time and it used (laughs) it just used to get you every time. So I make like Will always tells me that I have weird hands like claw hands like they're not double jointed <laughs> but I have very flexible like weird spindly little fingers or some people tell me I have lovely hands but Will of course tells me I have lovely hands. Ah, who tells so you I you like have lovely to, hands? Yeah they do yeah you can't. So there's they no actually so no what I do is not that dissimilar to the Victoria Beckham style but I would like to think there's a lot more heart in this. I kind of like I kind of squish my hand up it to try and make it into like a little as if I was holding like a little tiny little gnome between my thumb and fingers and then I like to give it a good I like to put on a really sexy face and give it a good a good arc from left to right in time to the music with my thumb and pinky finger touching I don't know if you can imagine this but when you see it in real life you will be absolutely astounded next question please thank you Denise Gallagher writes in what is your favourite song of all time if you don't have an all time one what is your current favourite song oh my god um 
I, just, I can't think of one of all time because I love, uh, there's just too many. It's very hard. Um, at the moment, what am I listening to? Um, um, uh, um, 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 I really like that one with Ariana Grande and The Weeknd. What's that one, Will? Oh, yeah, I know. So I, can't, I don't know what the name of it's called, but yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Um, Something about tears. Save your Tears, yeah, it's Save Your Tears, I think is what it's called. Yeah, not, not, I just said it there. Yeah, that's what it's called. Not a huge fan of either of them, but um, I, I, I'm listening <sighs> to that. Cool I'm sorry, school, okay, next, que- next, next question. Too cool for school. Trish and Arnold writes, fuck off. If you couldn't fail, what one thing would you like to try slash do? Um, surfing. I'd love to know how to surf, but I have an incredibly bad sense of balance, as in, like, I can't even stay upright on solid ground, let alone a wave that's moving at, I don't know, 50 kilometres an hour, but I'd really like to be able to get up on a board and do it and surf. Because I go, I go swimming in the sea and I see these people surfing, and it's just so cool. Can I ever be as cool as those people? Um, so I would really like to know how to surf. If anybody has any tips, thank you. Miriandia Katrin Berthold asks, what's your favourite comfort food? Oh my God, like chips and vegan mayonnaise. Or if you were from the States, French fries and vegan mayo. Um, and Hellman's do, I was saying this today, yesterday, right? Because like, uh, okay. So anyway, Hellman's do vegan mayo, which is like the very same as other mayo. And like, you wouldn't taste any difference. And for years, all you could get was this like soyonaise stuff, which was mayonnaise, like bit made out of soya. And it was so gross and it was grey. And then I did, couldn't have my favourite food for years because I really miss mayonnaise. But now there is one. So if uh, that's what I eat when I'm sad or hungover or a premenstrual or yesterday evening thank you uh sarah elizabeth d wild writes if you could live in any fictional world from a book or film which one would you choose and why oh my god like what wow a fictional world a fictional world a fictional world would it be fictional if I could live in like you know like some rainforest where there was like no spiders that would be fix- fictional like something like from like Avatar but like there's no spiders in the because I, I would go there apart from the spiders I could deal with everything else Avatar like I always remember thinking that that would be just if that place existed it was a bell would be amazing but somewhere like foresty but there's a sea nearby as well um, oh very nice very nice um yeah. sean ellis writes fmk bigfoot mothman or Slenderman." oh yeah <laughs> i had to ask you what fmk was the last time i'm so old um so sorry mothman Slenderman, and who and bigfoot okay i think i would f bigfoot so I just think he'd be able to throw you around the place a little bit and he'd be <gasps> big and hairy and that's what I go for. <laughs> you little. And he's into bestiality and he's into bestiality. You know there are, but there are, I uh, know, come here, not, I haven't read this, I found it on some weird site, yeah. you know that we have to research loads of weird things for this show, well, and uh, it wasn't on my personal time, but there is uh, Bigfoot porn, like, like books. Bigfoot soft porn. Somebody's anyway. watched it, obviously. 
No, I haven't. No, no. Red will. Back in the day, you used to be able to read porn. I don't know if you know that. Nice. Right. And then. What am I going to do? I'd have to kill Slenderman because what an absolute cretin. But that means that I'd have to marry a Mothman? I don't know. I suppose like he could give you a spin around the place to drop you in for the shopping, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Ruth Newcomb writes, who is your most inappropriate person you have ever fancied? Um... I'd say like a lecturer in my college. I don't know if it was that like oh, inappropriate. Oh, teacher fantasy, is it? We're a getting all the secrets fantasy. today off you. I, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> 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 I want to ask you that question, Will. I don't care if I'm, I'm just shaking shit up, going rogue. Who, who, who I know I couldn't Who's answer your most... in your section. I wouldn't dare. Oh, you? Yeah. you have to save it for next week, Annie. Oh my god, can you please ask that question to Will next week? Who was it that asked that question again? Ruth, Ruth Newcomb. Oh, Ruth. Oh, hi, Ruth, girl. We know you at the pod. Can you ask Will the question next week? Okay, thank you. Debbie Robertson asks, if you encountered an evil spirit, what would your words be to get rid of it? (laughs) I think we all know at this stage. I would not have any words. I would shit the bed and then I would die. Like I would literally pass away with the fright. Like I would float. I wouldn't. I'd be gone. I can't. I can't. I can't speak. Well, like I can't even speak when somebody is chasing me in a game of tag. When I was a kid, I used to piss my pants if somebody was chasing me. Like in a game. Like in a makey uppy game of tag. So I do, there wouldn't be any words. I would be gone. I'd be gone. I'd be gone to a better place. And finally, Annie, last question is from Alexis Maloney, who asks, what would you do if you were invisible for a day? I absolutely lost you there in the middle of that. Go on again. Um, What would you do if you were invisible for a day? I. (laughs) Okay, number one, I would go to government buildings like here or abroad like and would just go into their meetings and like just see what they actually say behind closed doors like you know just see Mm. are they actually are they actually the malevolent malevolent beings that I sometimes think they are are they like just uh, fucking peasants fucking peasants and then I would go down to Wexford and I would have myself an absolute ball terrorising terrorising William for the day like absolutely manifesting pairs of boobies wherever he wherever he walks in the house he would just come into contact with a pair of like big voluptuous boobies that would just hit him in the face and then disappear ah that would be fucking great you seem to think I have an aversion to boobies. I just do not understand this. Anyway, we have to move. Oh, wait, now what's it? There's, turn on the news. Turn on the news. Oh, my. Urine saturated home dubbed Little Slice of Hell listed for $590,000. Uh, <laughs> a brutally honest realtor described the Colorado home as having profanity scrawled on walls and a fridge filled with rotting meat. 
You'd think a realtor selling, trying to sell a home for $590,000 that she describes as a little slice of hell would have a devil of a time. But realtor, but realtor Mimi Foster said that the dilapidated five bedroom, four bathroom Colorado Springs home adorned in spray painted sayings like suck my ass and feces <laughs> stuffed in drawers is a pretty hot commodity. Foster told local news channel Denver 7 she received 16 written cash offers in the first 24 hours of the house being on the market. I list vacant... Sorry, of course she's from the South because everyone is in America. I list vacant houses all the time. I've seen this kind of... (laughs) Sorry, I have not seen this kind of hysteria even in this market. She explained to ABC affiliate. I've gotten around 89 text messages since we've gotten the house this afternoon. She explained that the outlet that the housing market she explained to the outlet that the housing market in Colorado is red hot there's vastly fewer listings than usual and most houses are selling as is people aren't asking for anything she said in regards to closing costs or major fixes and this particular house needs a lot of fixes in Foster's listing for the literal house of horrors posted to Redfin the realtor was brutally honest in her descriptions of the home which she says is not for the faint hearted let me tell ya we're gonna have a autumn fair if you'd like to come this autumn it's really nice and warm for all the family to come to <laughs> as you enter there are soaring ceilings and an open floor pan plan with not a pan for frying a plan (laughs) with a second floor overlook foster wrote in the listings you will also notice that there is not one surface of the wall that has not been enhanced with black spray paint or a swinging hammer (laughs) she added but don't let that slow you down child it's not nearly as daunting as the fridge freezer in the basement that's full of meat that hasn't had electricity for over a year, so be sure to wear your mask. She notes that there's a back patio, but don't go out there as the deck is not necessarily attached to the house in the manner you might hope. She also admits that the home is located in, in the pink of a geological landslide area. Come feast your senses, she concluded. Do not go back deck. Do not open freezer in basement. A YouTube video above, which I will link to our Patreon subscribers, featured on the listing as a virtual tour of the home, is even more disconcerting. Backed by horror movie sound effects, Foster begins the video by showcasing the neglected yard and how there's wood rot in all of the window frames. She then enters the house and describes an overwhelmingly rancid smell. There was human and animal feces left in the living room to greet you as you walk in, she says for the first time as she enters the property. She says... The prior tenant had a menagerie of animals and that the carpets are saturated with urine throughout the house. (laughs) In the video, she notes that the spray-painted vulgarities around the house are also on appliances and that the prior tenant stole the stove and dishwasher. 
In the basement, drawers are crammed with feces. Foster said the prior tenant also pretended to be the owner of the house and had a new roof contracted, which was apparently not installed well. In her video, Foster offers also offers information about the tenant who left the house in the state, explaining that she was not on the lease. No one knows what happened to the original lease, but we believe she died and then a relative moved in, Foster says. And it's the relative who moved in who did all of the damage after she'd been evicted. Her name was Annie Gann. <laughs> as horrid as the house may be, nothing can prepare one for the possibility of the most horrid detail. It is my understanding she had cats, Foster says, of the prior tenant in the video. But but tragically, when she moved out, she left two of them in the bathroom. It appears they may have been there for quite some time. <laughs> and that's the end of it. It's probably sold now. It's probably fucking sold. Do you not like... So you don't have to clean a house when you're showing it over there. You just show it like it is. Well, I think it probably because she was saying it was red hot. It's red hot there. Everybody just wants it. They don't give a fuck. They don't care what the hell's going on. Um, it, She believes the previous owner has died. The previous owner is fucking stuck in a fucking drawer there with somebody after crapping on top of her and cats eating her. <laughs> I kind of love Mimi though. I kind of want to. I kind of want Mimi to be in my life. Will you answer the phone as Mimi the next time I call you? Of course I will. Now I'm just. Um, I actually didn't watch the video, but I'm like, imagine if she's a southern accent. I'd be delighted. Oh my god. Well, Colorado probably not, but give it a go. Annie, do you want to tell them all about our lovely Patreon offer that we have? Oh yeah, I mean we have a Patreon page <laughs> um, uh, Patreon.com forward slash Mysteries of the Unexplained And you can join us there And for $5 a month you can get a shout out on the show And you can get all the back episodes of our lost ep- our lost podcast Mystery of the Unexplained Where basically we do the same thing as this um, And just shout on about random shit But we had to, you know, change the name of the podcast Because we were, there was too many expletives in the first one If you know what I mean um, You can find us on our Facebook group at Mysteries of the Unexplained You can find us on Twitter At Mysteries Pod And on Instagram at Mysteries Pod I think I got it right this time did I Will? I hate you Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us for another Mysteries of the Unexplained episode And we shall see you next week for more Mysteries Mysteries of the the Unexplained Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 